You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. C-130 rolling down the strip. Airborne daddy on a one-way trip. Stand up, hook up, shuffle to the door. Jump right out and count to four. If my main don't open wide, I've got a reserve by my side. If that one should fail me too, look out below, I'm coming through. Cause I'm airborne all the way. All the way. PT. Every day. Whoa. That was, my goodness, if people knew the expense that we went to to get a Jody singer in here, uh, they'd still be laughing. No. <laughs> you don't look like a drill sergeant to me. You look more like a general. No, I was taught by a lot of good drill sergeants, so it's a good day. It is. You know, it's it's amazing, as, as we mentioned the other day, last show, in fact, with the Jody, is that... You know, everything in the military, and we're going to talk about it today, too, is, mm-hmm. is uh, and, and I am so stupid that I'm just waking up to this, but, you know, you had the drill sergeant or you had some first breathing down your neck that we're doing this for a purpose, and, you know, what, what purpose is crawling around? What purpose is wearing that damn... Uh, it's raining. It's not even raining, and you still got us in our ponchos. What the hell good is that? And I never figured that. And but, but I got a good steam bath out of it, cool. you know. And and I sweated off a few of those pounds that I'd eaten in the mess hall. Absolutely, just, you know. And so there's a there's a strategy to all of it. But today is is Martin Luther King Day, and as most people know, except one fool that got up and. Didn't even know it was Monday, but we won't talk about him. But, you know, I I was at the end. I I went in on active duty Mm -hmm. in 1970 to uh, to, uh, Fort Ord, California. And uh, I don't really know what I was expecting. Uh, I... Believe it, or, believe, believe it or not, Richard, I, I, I hadn't made a pledge to myself to keep my mouth shut because I figured I'd get in all sorts of kinds of trouble if I acted like I normally did. But And, and quite frankly, I was concerned about what it was going to be like in the platoons and, and the people that were in my platoons. Right. And uh, I was very fortunate in that uh, my my basic platoon i think we had one or two guys that hadn't graduated from college mm-hmm. and in my whole company we only had one draftee and um other than that we just we had some some great folks right. and uh and yet i i'll be quite honest i went in concerned that because we were in the states we were just really in 1970 getting over all of the stuff in the 60s of mm-hmm. all the discrimination and, and racial upset and and i thought oh gee what's going to happen when i get in the military you right. know? and i think a lot of both sides of the fence went went into it like that oh yeah and um you know i found <laughs> you'll love this because you're you were there now, but i found that the military has quite an answer for almost any situation absolutely and uh uh you know (laughs) the military definitely abides by my way or the highway except there ain't no highway it's Mm -hmm. 
drop and give me ten more. But, Absolutely. Uh, it, it's all psychological, and uh, I, you know, my my six months in, I never saw any any black, white, white, black, yellow, purple problems. Mm-hmm. You know, it just they were taken care of. Now, with that being said. Mm-hmm. I can't, as I say every time, I didn't go to Vietnam, but even the folks that I know that did, there was never a whole lot of mention. If there was a mention of anything, mm-hmm. it was, as I as I mentioned to you about uh, Dr. Blank and I talking about the drug issue and, right. um, and coming back, well, you know, whether it was the lieutenant, the first sergeant, the master sergeant, whatever, mm-hmm. If they were going out on a mission, uh, a platoon mission or whatever, right? they were the cure to the guy that was high, mm-hmm. and uh, either he got off of it or no telling what would happen to him. Yep, that's true. That's true. And there was always help available from what friends had said, mm-hmm. that uh, if you did have a problem and you recognized it, that... There was help there available for you. Absolutely. And I think it's one of the strong suits for the U.S. military is uh, recognizing that they have a problem. Um, before I delve uh, real deep into the subject that we're going to talk about today, David, uh, I just want to say thank you to Dr. King and uh, for his sacrifices and for all of the civil rights leaders um, throughout the years that, uh, you know, talked about the importance of America recognizing and honoring uh, what the forefathers put into the Constitution, that we were all created equal and, uh, you know, had the inalienable rights to the pursuit of uh, happiness. And um, I tell you, a a lot of things that uh, Dr. King espoused um, during the Civil Rights uh, Campaign were unfolding with my generation and uh, you know I'm a a Grady baby that was born in the uh, mid 60s uh, about two years after the I Have a Dream speech and uh, growing up in uh, the city of Brookhaven in uh, a community called Linwood Park which is the uh, now the oldest uh, or was the oldest uh, African American community in the city of Atlanta Um, you know being exposed to some of that uh, racism that was on the back end of the uh, early to mid-70s as it was going out the door. Um, being the first African-American kid to uh, be able to play soccer at uh, Blackburn Park. And, um, you know, having friends that, uh, you know, what just totally oblivious to the color of my skin and what that meant. But also... Uh, growing up with kids that, uh, you know, made jokes uh, about it. And I didn't understand it. I was young. I was probably about eight, maybe nine years old. And, uh, you know, we were living the dream. And I'll tell you, kids don't see color. But as they grow, and uh, it's a learned behavior. So, um, you know, if they have someone in their family that espouses uh, that hate, that division, um, then they pick up that learned trait. You know, a lot of things that the Army does is they break you of that habit. And and 
your haircut uh, shows that you never got over the part of what they break you and within the first couple of days that you you walk into your fort absolutely you know the first thing they do is shave that head and then all of a sudden everybody looks the same absolutely <laughs> absolutely and, and that's the principle behind it you know uh this is the beginning process of you joining the greatest team that God ever put on this earth and becoming one. So, you know, we take a handful of individuals and we become one. And, you know, uh, the things that you mentioned earlier, uh, espouse discipline and getting everybody to think about, okay, it's, it's hot. I want to roll up my sleeves or I want to take my blouse off and just go with a T-shirt. But, no, you're trained to keep that blouse on and keep it folded down around your wrist because – the threat of skin cancer from the sun, you know, and you're out there and you're constantly working or preparing a fighting position or whatever you're doing, and you have to maintain that discipline. Well, when I got back to my unit here, I, I was always working to find that clipboard that I could be carrying around, you know, so nobody would mess with me. Absolutely. <laughs> I think I've been I think I've been caught. Uh, we all have. <laughs> we all have. Well, you just always had to have that name available quick. Uh, well, Colonel So and So told me to do the. Uh, so you don't. You, if you're a major, you don't mess with the colonel's orders. If you're a mere captain, you. A major's enough to do it. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And I was the first to ever figure that out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And those, uh, you know, we call those the uh, the jailhouse lawyers. <laughs> that uh, you know, every every barracks has one. You know, at, at least one. Yeah, at least one. But you know, this is this is uh, it's it's like the other day talking and stuff, and you know, and again, the the military is proof positive, in my opinion, of mm-hmm. doing to others. And we could have the same situation today mm-hmm. if um, you know. And and I was I was in a barracks and platoon situation, but. You know, we let, in the few cases that we had any kind of small whatever, Mm -hmm. it was always either the squad or the platoon or the barracks took care of it. Absolutely. And that was the end of it. I didn't want to, nobody wanted to go see the CO and explain to him Mm -hmm. or the first sergeant. Absolutely. And explain it to them. Mm -hmm. I'd rather explain it to the captain than to the first sergeant personally. The the captain seemed to have a grasp on it. The first sergeant said, uh, I'll deal with you folks. Oh, yeah. The bringer of smoke is mm. what we used to call the first sergeant. You know, and everybody wanted to stay away from the first sergeant. You know, and you saw a, a, a little bit of that in um, the 24th Infantry Division at Fort Stewart as we prepared uh, for Desert Storm. Uh, you could see remnants of um, the old way of doing uh, business from the early 40s and uh, the 50s and the 60s. So, you know, the one team, one fight concept hadn't really fully taken hold in the early 80s um, when we were preparing um, and training hard and later in the decade uh, winding up deploying to uh, Desert Storm. You know, senior leaders from D.C. came to talk to the division staff about the the climate uh, within the division. Okay, and, uh, may I interrupt you? Mm-hmm. It, it it hadn't taken hold in in Nam. 
Well, it, 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 it did. It did in Nam, you know, uh, but you had uh, some leaders uh, that transcended the era in Nam and were on the tail end of their careers in the early '80s uh, when Desert Storm was uh, really preparing and going in full swing. And uh, you know, we had some uh, some leaders uh, that you know were toxic. And uh, as the division deployed to uh, Saudi Arabia and prepared to go into Kuwait, uh, you know, we had discussions uh, in the desert uh, about the command climate and uh, toxic leadership and what it was doing uh, to the moral fabric of of the division. Okay. Has, you know, Marines, well, I should say Army first, Marines and... um, we have we have our companies and our platoons, mm-hmm. and then the Air Force has wings, mm-hmm. and the Navy has water. <laughs> what what else do they, what do they call their? Uh, I think know? ships. Uh, ships. Yeah. That's very good. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, now, I mean, what do they? What would they call a company? Uh, what's equivalent in the Navy to a company? You know, I, I have no idea. We have to get some uh, some of the Navy veterans to help us out there. Yeah, I don't either. And, but they have to break down in and in, in a company and then platoon size situation, wouldn't they? Because I know that like they have the like on a on a ship they have the fire brigade and not brigade, but they mm-hmm. have the firemen and they have this and they have that. So yeah. they not everybody rushes to the fire. Yeah, and I they, don't know. I, they have onboard personnel that. Um, you know, have assigned duties on the ship, you know, but they're all shipmates. And, um, you know, I don't think they have, uh, well, yeah, they do. They, they have platoons that are responsible for certain um, uh, areas of the ship and stuff, you know, uh, fire crews yeah. that uh, man the main guns, um, you know, the, the people on the, uh, uh, operate on the bridge have got to be a part of uh, something. Yeah. You know, I, I just, hmm. I, I got a, a real good friend I went to high school with that is a retired captain from the Navy. You best believe I will be talking to him this afternoon, <laughs> and I'll have that answer for you well, next week. I didn't mean to put you on the spot. I just no. didn't, don't know. When they say fall out, now, what do they fall out? Like we, That's a good question. We'd fall out, and it'd either be a platoon or company size. Mm-hmm. And uh, on rare occasions, it'd be a brigade size. But, right. Uh, generally speaking, it was always... Four, four platoons in your company, and, mm-hmm. and uh, that's what when you when they yell "fall out," that's what you did. Yeah. Unless you were brand new and you didn't know which platoon you belonged to. Yeah, but. that's a good question, though. I, I think uh, everybody's a part of that ship, and yeah. their formation is a formation for the entire ship. I think, hmm. you know, but they have different departments within the ship. And I, I and I, I know, like my son. Uh, he he's in a wing, mm-hmm. and uh, and yet they have their own sort of platoons and yep, sort of squadrons too. Squadrons, yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, anyway, that's interesting. Do you, do you feel like across the board? And I'm I'm a little bit prejudiced mm-hmm. towards towards the army because I've been there, done that. Mm-hmm. But do you do you think across the board in the military, it's all like I said, uh, the psychological portion of it of mm-hmm. becoming a unit and and uh, 
hey, I don't care whether he's yellow, green, black, white, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's your responsibility right. to take care of him, and it's his responsibility to take care of you. Yeah, I would definitely say across the board it's gotten better. Uh, you know, you may find one or two spots where you still have some issues. Um, you know, and, and part of that is uh, our upbringing and where we come from. You know, I think um, from a leader's perspective, it's critical that you set the tone early and let everybody know that this is one team, one fight. You know, you know that brings up another point that I, that uh, I want to address, if you don't mind, mm-hmm. and that's. I, I, I got into an issue with <laughs> I got into an issue with or I don't want to say argument but it was we were talking uh-huh. and he was on the side of oh, the the worst thing that ever happened was doing away with the draft and I said no it wasn't I don't believe that mm-hmm. I think that doing away with the draft was one of the best things that ever happened the mm-hmm. quality of personnel today is incredible. Right. And I know that if you're there, mm-hmm. it's because you want to be there. Yep. It's not because somebody Major. wrote a letter and said, Dear Richard, guess where you're going? Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. And I think, uh, and I, like I said, we only had one draftee. And in fact, I, w- I was in the uh, transition between draft to lottery, mm-hmm. and I still joined. Right. And because. The lottery didn't look too good either. So, <laughs> uh, but you know, and I, and I personally, I'll argue with anybody mm-hmm. that we have the best military in the world that we've ever had, mm-hmm. and uh, the, uh, the the doing away of the draft, it, it was just wonderful, and I. And I think it was a very wise decision. Absolutely. You know, we um, we have the model, all-volunteer force, that uh, other world uh, armies look up to. And it's our educational system, uh, both on the enlisted and the officer side, that are the pillars that, uh, that keep it strong. And uh, one of the things that, um, you know, really set the tone for American society is our ability to police ourselves. Uh, the Uniform Code of Military Justice is, you know, the uh, the Bible that keeps everybody on one accord. You know, uh, do we have challenges like other segments in, uh, in America? Yes, we do. But we turn to the UCMJ and we turn to uh, leadership and courses to make sure that we can talk about that, you know. And... Uh, in line with what Dr. King was talking about, the human aspect and treat everybody like you want to be treated. But more importantly, allow everybody to come together and, you know. I think uh, a wiser person than me wrote a song about that. Yeah, you know. Come together. <laughs> it was a good song, too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, strike down the, uh, the elements of segregation and uh, knock those walls down because in today's Army, as you... Uh, get those lessons learned from World War One to Korea, Vietnam, uh, Desert Storm, and so forth. You know, you take forward those lessons learned and you apply those to the rest of society. And, you know, uh, the military produces a lot of great leaders that Fortune 500 companies gravitate to because of 
what you uh, what you're taught and what you're exposed to. We're going to uh, let people think about that for a minute. And if you have a comment you'd like to make, uh, don't hesitate to uh, go to Facebook, send it in to us uh, on uh, from Facebook, or if you want to go to our website, or we've got Brett standing by to take your calls. Now, that'll be a joke. But anyway, <laughs> he doesn't even answer. He hates answering the phone. But we'll make him answer the phone. We've got a general in here and everybody takes orders from the general we'll be back right after this good morning my name is mike mizell i'm a retired army colonel and president of the Johns Creek Veterans Association. We meet in Newtown Park, and part of one of our projects is the installation of the Healing Wall, the half-scale model of the Vietnam Wall that traveled the United States. Well, it's coming to rest, and it's going to live in Johns Creek forever, the half-scale model. We're looking at a possibly a march implementation ribbon-cutting ceremony, and we're looking for donors and sponsors that want to help us in this great project. You can donate at jcvets.org. Want to give your family or loved one the perfect gift? Then go online and check out the TornadoBodyDryer.com. I love mine and the warm heat air massage it gives me after my shower. The Tornado Body Dryer is super. You'll love it and you'll love having one in your shower. Listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back on America's Web Radio, and uh, want to put a plug in or not a plug? It's a fact that this is the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. Uh, I don't want to say sponsor, but they're, they're, it's their show, and I give it to them. And uh, if you all want to become a Patreon and uh, help us, well, we'll take it. Just go to our website and take a look at the uh, homepage, and you'll see how you can become a patron and just a little contribution here and there. And sort of greases the cogs, you might say, and oils the wheel. But anyway... Uh, we appreciate it, and we appreciate the listeners and the mermaids, you said? The mermaids and now, the mermen from L.A. Fitness over on uh, Old Alabama and uh, Holcomb Bridge. Yeah, I know and, where that is. Mm-hmm. That's right around the corner from Absolutely, me. and you've got uh, the uh, the ladies and gentlemen from Chase Bank on Haynes Bridge and uh, Nesbitt uh, Ferry that listen. How cool. And uh, the millennials that work at the uh, bank told me to tell you that they're listening, and they are engaged on social media, and they are aware that there's a threat out there that uh, is trying to sow the seeds of uh, diversion uh, within this country and stuff, and they're going to help us stand up and uh, fight that threat. Well, we... uh I tell you what, if you all, anybody out there that's listening from L.A. or L.A. Fitness or any of them, wherever, uh, bank, whatever, uh, 
You send us an email, David, at America's Web Radio, with your comments, your uh, questions, or anything that uh, you want us to address. Listen, I was just a grunt, but I don't mind standing up to a general and asking him the hard questions. If if you want to send them to me, and we'll, I may have to slip him under the door with a, in an envelope to get him to. Well, we'll get him. We'll oh, get yeah. him to address it. But no, I, let me. I was just telling Richard that um, this is the best day of my week except for Wednesdays and Wednesday nights I go to communion at our church and I talk to my pastor and everybody's invited if you want that's the only Presbyterian church in the country that does a Wednesday night communion but you're welcome to come it's Northminster Presbyterian and uh, it is fantastic it's like Richard you remember when you and I were in school it was hump day oh, you, yeah. know, you get you get through <laughs> Wednesday yeah. and you're on the downhill drag well when you get to my age you're just hoping for another day and and uh, <laughs> you go to communion on Wednesday night and it, you figured well I got one foot in the right door anyway so <laughs> I'm gonna make it but amen no nah, you know it, it's uh, so if if uh, you're looking for a place that uh, you want to come to worship uh, just a, an hour on uh, Wednesday night and mm-hmm. certainly you're welcome anytime on Sunday uh, to uh, come to Northminster, but it's uh, Northminster's on Old Alabama as well, right. and uh, everybody is welcome. And listen, if they'll let me in, and the building, nothing happened to the building, <laughs> you're cool. You'll make it. So come on down. Amen, brother. Amen. You know, where would uh, your your look at it? Mm-hmm. Where would we have been, one, without Martin Luther, Mm -hmm. and two, uh, like when my dad was in the Navy in Mm -hmm. World War II, Mm -hmm. (laughs) World War II was a segregated Mm -hmm. American military, very segregated. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I can, well... You and I are good enough friends. I'll tell you like it was or mm-hmm. is or whatever it was back then. But my dad, if I, if he told me once, he he said it a million times. And this was this was during all right. of the '60s mm-hmm. stuff. But he said when he when he was a com- captain and commander that uh, you know he could put any and I don't even know what this means. Mm-hmm. You could explain it to me, but right. he he could put any white person on report. For anything. I mean, they could have written their name backwards and he could put them on report. Right. With no, you know, and, and I guess it's the same as a letter in your 201 file, mm-hmm. the same as report or whatever. Right. Article 15. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that uh, uh, there'd be no trouble. But if, and, and generally speaking, particularly in the Navy, mm-hmm. and, and we saw this in the movie World War II, mm-hmm. I think, or, or um, um, whatever it was. Uh, I don't. I can't think of the name of it. Tara, 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 or right. whatever. Anyway, where, where, the only duty that blacks could do was KP, and right. that they had, they were cooks, or they were uh-huh. in peeling potatoes, and they didn't have a weapon or anything else. But at the same token, uh-huh. my dad and my dad, I can assure you, was was he didn't have a prejudice bone in his body right. and neither did my grandfather but with that being said he, dad said if you put a black on report mm-hmm. 
the person that he put on a report wouldn't get any trouble, that the first thing they would do and they knew to do was to write Eleanor, mm-hmm. the first lady, a letter and say, this captain put me on a report and blamed me for dropping a dish or, you know, whatever. It's just stupid stuff. Right. And uh, and Dad would get in more trouble than – and he said, you know, so we just didn't. We knew right. better than to to mess with the president. Well, you know, um, there there have been a, uh, many examples throughout American history where uh, African Americans and people of color um, have, uh, you know, risen to glory and fame on behalf of this country in the defense of this country and uh, defied the stereotypes. And there were a lot of stereotypes uh, back in the day. And to answer your question, you know, um, I'll pose another question back to you. Is it easier to fight a foe that is divided from within? Or is it harder to fight a force that has five fingers that come together to form a tight fist? And, you know, so... Which one is easier to defeat? Oh, now, Richard, you're just taking what I'd said about what we were doing here, about (laughs) talking about the fact that we're in uh, the 21st century Cold War. Mm -hmm. And, of course, the first thing an officer and a grunt just learns uh, which end of the shovel to handle. Uh, But, you know, the first thing, all tactics are divide and conquer. Mm -hmm. Everything is divide and conquer. Absolutely. And if you can get... Blacks and whites in in a divisional situation, mm-hmm. you've got that not to worry about. You get the next step of this or that, religion, mm-hmm. whatever it happens to be. Yep. And I am, at my age, personally very, very concerned mm-hmm. about the division in everything today. Right. With one, in one place or the other, there's division. Mm-hmm. And uh, I hate to see it in our churches. Mm-hmm. I hate to see it in our schools. And, um, frankly, I'm quite concerned about what's going to blow up in uh, Virginia. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and it could get out of hand. I, I don't know. I haven't heard. I haven't listened today. But mm-hmm. they were having their uh, rally or something yeah, the, today. Yeah, protest. Yeah, uh, did, any, did anything happen? No, I hadn't seen anything on, on the news yet. That it, you know. It's just, it's so stupid. But, David, David, what does the Constitution say? You yeah. Know, we, we have... Freedom of speech, and you know, you and I have defended this country to allow those that we agree with and those that we don't agree with to have freedom of speech. So, you know, that's that's what makes this country great. And to it finish is. that that answer for you is that there are tons of examples where the United States was on the brink of defeat, but when we brought everybody together to the fight, black, white. Asian, Hispanic, when we brought everybody to the fight, we were able to overcome the foe that had us on the ropes. The day that we stop coming together as one is the day that this country is going to be in huge peril. And, uh, you know, it's our job, and, you know, I commend you, that it's our job to make sure that the current generation and the generations after them understand where we've come from, why we had to make those changes, and why it's better this way. And, you know, um, someone made a comment uh, yesterday at an engagement I was at about, uh, you know, well, if our leader, you know, was um, (laughs) more of a leader, 
then we would be better off as a country. And, you know, there's some truth to that. But I will I will take it one step further. If all of those who governed came to, together on one accord and governed on that one accord, this country would be much better. You know. I, uh, I'm a big believer in term limits. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, you wouldn't put up in business with some of the stuff that mm-hmm. goes on. And, and it is, we hire them. Yeah. We yeah, may, may be called electing, but the fact of the matter is we hire them and we pay them mm-hmm. damn well to do a job. Yeah. And like you said, if they don't come together to do that job, mm-hmm. then it's our, then we need to fire them and get people that will. Right. And, uh, and it's, these, these generations behind us are, you know, <laughs> they're getting more involved in local, state, and federal government, and they're forcing the issue that we come together on one accord. And, you know, there, there's some good, and there's probably some bad, but it's more good when you look at it in its entirety that, you know, every turn in this country where there have been issues of uh, paramount distress or division, there's a corresponding example of where we came together and we were able to overcome, you know, whatever was thrown at this country. You know, that's one of the reasons, Richard, we do, we're do we doing the show is mm-hmm. that, you know, if you if you don't study history and don't abide by it and learn the lessons from history, then you're bound to repeat it. Amen. And, uh, I just... <laughs> I'm not one to do a man-on-the-street type thing, but mm-hmm. I had done, actually, a little bit of that, and that's that's what this show is all about, right. is that we can't let people forget mm-hmm. what, why, and we went to around the world to a heap of dirt. Mm-hmm. I came from a heap of dirt in Texas, so yep. I didn't, you know, but why did we go over there to... Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, was there a reason? Was it a good reason? Did we do what? Did we accomplish the mission that was mm-hmm. set out to do? But that's that's history, and and uh, uh, he who I, tells the story first and tells it best mm-hmm. carries the day. And we've got to do a better job of informing the American people of why we're doing what we're doing, taking those lessons from Desert Storm, um, you know, the turbulent times within the divisions with, uh, you know, culture clashes and, you know, the lessons that we learned from those and what we instituted in the 90s and the 2000s that really brought a a cohesive force together and um, identified uh, what is essentially weak links. When you've got a bad leader or a bad uh, NCO, non-commissioned officer, that is focused on self and selfish and not selfless and putting his or her people first, then they've got to go. And, you know, the military does a great job of identifying those bad actors and then getting them out. Now, are we 100% across the board? Nobody is, you know. But I tell you, when we share those lessons learned, you know, it's absolutely critical that we stay on task uh, because as the military goes, so does the American people go. Absolutely. With that, think about it a little while, and we'll be back right after this. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, 
You probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. If your health insurance premium is more than your mortgage, Ellen Deal with Ideal Solutions is here to help. Whether you're a small business owner, individual family, or baby boomer, email MAGA45CAG at gmail.com, and I'll respond with three easy questions to help you determine if you can get away from Obamacare. As a 20-year veteran of the insurance industry, I'm here to help with all your insurance needs. Email Ellen Deal at MAGA45CAG at gmail.com. Hi, this is Ron Camacho, host of the Business Hour on America's Web Radio. If you'd like to hear an eclectic mix of great programs from relationships with Dr. Ann Schiebert to homegrown veggies and from classic cars to the Constitution, we've got programs for discerning listeners at www.americaswebradio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back on America's Web Radio with um, General Richard Dix and retired. I put the parentheses in the R-E-T in there. <laughs> I'd get, I'd really get it if I didn't put that in there. But um, thank you for your service, gentlemen. Oh, you're more than uh, welcome. Thank you for yours. Uh, <laughs> yeah, somebody had to carry that clipboard, but um, <laughs> better, better than that M16 anyway, cool. or that M50. Now those suckers are heavy. Um, but anyway, and who wants to be point? I never wanted to be point. That sounded like a position. Uh, that that sort of the only reason I'd ever want to be point is if if I were quail hunting and had a good dog, <laughs> and let that dog do the point and 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 you know I've never had a quail shoot mm-hmm. back at me so absolutely and I just they, now you got to explain to the listeners sh- what being on point means now. A- after I shot at the quail they weren't that scared of me anyway like <laughs> uh, what point means is that uh, if you're in the platoon and. Uh, Traveling in a wedge formation. Yeah, and uh, somebody has to go down the road first. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, the only thing I well, and it was a bad position to be in because you're the first first one to be shot at. However, mm-hmm. the Vietnamese sort of rotated some of that and said, "Let's let that point man go through, mm-hmm. and then we'll get the the big boys coming up next." Absolutely. And, uh, that. And I love the stories, and, and like I said, I wasn't in Nam, but I, I fired many M79 grenade launchers, and I love the 
thump, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it just makes such a unique. That's a neat thing out of the military too. There's so many, so many things become alive in you. It's almost like oh, yeah. the American Indian, you know. Mm-hmm. They they could hear, they could smell, they could you know taste, they could they could do things that. Uh, as we took over their land, we didn't know what we were doing. Absolutely. But the military, you come out with so many different smells and tastes and mm-hmm. and sounds that that I, I guarantee you, there's not a veteran out there today mm-hmm. that if a Huey flies over, oh, yeah. doesn't stand tall. Yep. And uh, there's not. I don't think there's any more unique sound in the world than a mm-hmm. Huey. And, uh, you know, and and for, I would even bet today that there are veterans, Vietnam veterans, um, that they hear the sound of that Huey and tears will come to their eyes, Mm -hmm. you know? Absolutely. That uh, did they did did the Huey play much of a role, or did uh, Medivac play much of a role in uh, Shield and, and Desert Storm? Yes, um, you know. I guess they did with the IEDs particularly, mm-hmm. and uh, you know some of the uh, the same lessons learned on the tactics and the techniques uh, transcended uh, Desert Storm. Uh, if we had had more casualties, we'd have seen a lot more. Uh, you know, I remember seeing maybe one dust off. Um, in the uh, in the fight, and that came from uh, you know uh, one of our personnel that stepped on a uh, Miklik, uh, one of the mines that were dropped from uh, aircraft uh, when the bomblet uh, br- when the bomb broke apart and the bomblet hit the ground, and uh, you know, but the fighting, you know, uh, we had mechanized uh, ambulances. That uh, travel with the tanks because I was a mechanized uh, um, <laughs> logistician at the at when Desert Storm occurred. But I had trained for three years as an M1A1 tank platoon leader, and uh, so you know you see a different uh, aspect of uh, medevac. But in uh, fast forward to OIF and OEF, yes, uh, the helicopters played a huge role in uh, getting the. Uh, those that were injured on the uh, the four battlefield back to the uh, hospitals in that golden hour. Would you? Uh, how would you describe the hot LZs in in the Middle East as compared to now? Well, <clears throat> did you have hot LZs? Oh yeah, you uh, you have hot LZs, and uh, you know uh, a lot of it in the Middle East is uh, is open desert. Um, you know, so you could kind of see the enemy and uh, locate fire quickly and then uh, redirect fire upon them to suppress and get the dust off in. Uh, you know, in the Hindu Kush, in the mountain, uh, the mountainous uh, regions of Afghanistan, it's a little bit harder. And you've got to get in um, into tight spots. And uh, folks are just like uh, they were in Vietnam behind trees uh, with automatic weapons looking to pick off. You know, uh, they had shoulder fire rockets that would down our aircraft, uh, just like the Vietnamese had. Uh, you know, so uh, 
last week we talked about, you know, the enemy being a student of history and reading up on what was done previously and how American and uh, Western forces reacted to that type of uh, combat situation. So a lot of that moves over and it transcends. And, uh, you know, they so, just hid behind rocks instead of behind trees, right? Yeah. You know, somewhat. Um, <laughs> Since they, not a whole lot, not a lot of trees in the desert. Now, believe it or not, uh, northern uh, Afghanistan, uh, where the uh, Germans and the American forces were operating out of is uh, rolling lush valleys and, uh, you know, trees that, you know, uh, cover some of those uh, mountains and hills. And it's a tough fight. You know, I, I don't recall in, in any news clips seeing that side mm-hmm. of it. I, I, I could have just missed it. But so... You feel like the the well, well let me ask this too: Were the um, dustoffs uh, escorted by other gunships? Oh yeah. Or? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and and we really didn't do that. We really didn't have the gunships in Vietnam mm-hmm. until the late part, and they were they were sort of uh, put together Hueys with guns. Right. We and, had uh, Blackhawks that had uh, automatic weapons. We had the Apache. That uh, escorted a lot of the uh, C. How does that Apache? And I'm asking this off the off the off the cuff, but mm-hmm. how does it stand on its head and not fall? Well, you know, I tell you, um, <laughs> those that, things shouldn't be flying around. <laughs> I've seen one do a complete loop and stay in there, which you know, I I have been trained to think that a helicopter couldn't do that. You know, so uh, it's it's American technology at its best. <laughs> I'm still well. I'm not even trained, but I still don't understand how they do it. It's uh, it ain't supposed to fly upside down and backwards. I don't think. But mm-hmm. then again, I hadn't figured out jets yet either. So <laughs> I might. I, everything's a little ahead of my time. Absolutely. You know? I'm, I'm. I'm not. I flew, and I'm not even sure I knew exactly how I stayed in the air. But <laughs> somebody was taking care of me. Yeah. But United States Air Force. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is there, uh, you know, we we I want to get back on on today. Mm-hmm. I don't, and I don't have a very big crystal ball. Mm-hmm. Not not like people like yourself that can see in advance. But mm-hmm. do you think we'll ever? Well, you know, my feeling is the wound is healed. Right. And a lot of it to do to the military, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I can't really imagine. Um, you know, there, there was when I was in, mm-hmm. uh, you didn't. There was no commingling between officers and enlisted. Mm-hmm. Uh, you That's didn't, still true today. Well, not as much as it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, my. My son, uh, the officer, mm-hmm. uh, he has some very good friends that are NCOs, and mm-hmm. uh, their wives and and my son, his wife. Uh, we just uh, you couldn't do that. Oh, that yeah. was just totally a no-no back in the mm-hmm. late '60s and '70s, and uh, I, which has nothing to do with racial. But mm-hmm. do you feel like racial is is over with? And uh, I guess the military, in its own ways, mm-hmm. it's sort of like. When I, again, when I was in, and I can only relate to that, but you had the officer's golf course, and you had the enlisted right. personnel's golf course, but now you have one golf course. Yeah. 
and that's <laughs> you know we we can no longer afford two golf courses on one installation and stuff you know so there's some other drivers that uh, come into play but uh, to get at the answer of your question I would say yes it's, it's getting better um, you know will we ever reach Nirvana you know um, I pray that we will you know I'm but I'm an eternal optimist um, as long as uh, people see uh, a color difference, you know, then you've got to, you know, counter um, what you see and what's said. Uh, there are going to be generations that, you know, uh, 10, 15, 20 years from now, you know, uh, what we've gone through in Vietnam and Desert Storm, you know, uh, will be, you know, that'll be ancient history for those kids growing up. You know, so you, you have to constantly continue to beat the drum, you know, but you also got to evolve your message to get at the evolving and the changing of, um, you know, what these generations are going to face moving forward. You know, it's a lot like what we talked about, about realizing the threat, realizing how they're trying to get at our kids and the message that they're trying to sow and the division that they want to see long term so they can take the country down. You know, so it's going to be imperative that uh, we don't rest in our laurels and get complacent and think that we've arrived, you know, because I, I constantly told soldiers in my formation, you know, you only have two times to arrive. That's when you're born and when you die, you know. And if you stay humble and you stay committed to making a difference between those two entry and exit dates, then, you know, you would have done what Dr. King and others have espoused and asked of us. So, you know, um, a lot of people say, well, you know, you're doing the radio show today. You know, uh, isn't that like going to work on his day? I'm like, uh, no, uh, I'm giving back. And I'm having a discussion with a real good friend and uh, a brother that, you know, when you served, you understand what brother and what sister means to those who've served. And the message has got to continue to be delivered because, you know, there's always somebody waiting to just tear this place down and to uh, separate us again. I'm going to make a plea to everybody, and this is this is something that I've thought about a, a lot. And it's and it's you know how did we get to where we are? How did we change it? How how are we changing it? And I. I I'm not asking you to fall in line with me. Heaven forbid I should do that, but as a as a grunt. But anyway, is that as we defend America, and like we talked about history and everything else, um, we got to do it at our homes mm-hmm. and with the family and with the mother and father mm-hmm. and the mother and father not just reading about a teddy bear but reading about history and about what it means to mm-hmm. have you know a neighbor or a friend that's not the same skin color you know skin color is mm-hmm. that's sort of like age i keep telling myself it's irrelevant it's just a number mm-hmm some mornings i have to tell myself that a lot more times than i do other times but you know and that's and but we've got to if we're going to have unity within the country Mm -hmm. it's my opinion that we have to have it 
within our families. Right. And I think that in many cases our public schools have let us down. Mm -hmm. And if they have and you're a parent and you know that your child is going to a school that you feel like letting them down, don't just point fingers and yell at the school or the mm-hmm. teachers. They may be trying their best with what they have to work with right. or something. Absolutely. So you take the bull by the horns. Mm-hmm. You teach your kids. Absolutely. And I, I'll bet you one other thing, Richard, that if those parents start teaching their kids and helping them, I bet by golly they'll remember some stuff or they'll learn some stuff oh, that, yeah. that they might have missed. Mm-hmm. So it's good for everybody. Absolutely. And, um, Absolutely. And it can only be good for our country if parents will do that. Mm-hmm. Take care of the damn drug issue mm-hmm. and uh, teach yeah. the golden rule day Absolutely. in and day out. Get back to the village concept that yes. you and I were brought up in and, you know, uh, transcend, you know, separated villages and bring everybody together on a global village. And, you know, uh, a lot about what Dr. King was trying to do. You know, he wasn't trying to tear this country apart. He was trying to bring this country together in a more unified way. And uh, so when you look at that aspect of history, now apply that to what I did yesterday. I was at uh, Lausanne Baptist Church in Lumen Park, uh, my home church that I grew up in. And, um, you know, I watched uh, the CTI. It's a uh, international uh, church um, that has existed for 38 years. And uh, male-dominated uh, pastors that have served as executive directors. They elected their first woman yesterday, you know, which was historic. And you well, I didn't know, hear anything about the uh, church collapsing or anything like no, that. No, it didn't collapse. You know, I woke up this morning and, you know, it's going on great. You know, and uh, evangelist uh, Charlene Bowden is going to do a great job in that uh, role as executive director for CTI. And, you know, I was proud. Because I grew up with her, you know, and we grew up in the same village, the same village elders telling us what right and wrong looked like, you know, espousing that, you know, everybody could, you know, play together. We could be on that same soccer field. We could be on that same football field that Dr. King talked about in 63. Fast forward to 1975, and we're there, and we're starting to come together on one accord and, you know, not listening to the naysayers. That said, hey, you're not going to grow up to be anything, you know, and uh, you'll probably end up in jail. You know, well, to those naysayers, I say, look at me now. I am. It's scary, but I am. <laughs> Listen, I tough it out every week. Absolutely. <laughs> that's that's all that we do, you know. By the way, I, I want to throw this out, and for the folks that are listening, that, uh, you know, I, I can't speak for Richard, but... I'm sure if you have a situation that you'd like a wonderful person to come and explain things like they are to you, uh, if you have a Lions Club or anything like that and would like to uh, have Richard speak, I'm sure we could. Uh, I'm sure he would. He would uh, be happy to do that. I'll be honored and, uh, to do it. You know? you know, and this is telling the telling everybody like it is, and. Uh, We've got to talk. We mm-hmm. have to talk. Absolutely. And uh, a lot of we don't get that in our families like mm-hmm. we should. And uh, uh, I think it'd be quite an inspiration to, for any any club, any organization, be it. Uh, yeah, you'd probably even go to a Presbyterian thing, wouldn't you? Oh yeah, always. <laughs> I'm already going. Yeah, but, I do JROTC. Uh, you know anybody that uh, needs uh, motivation. 
and or just wants to have an a open discussion. You know, I'm available. I've spoken at uh, VFWs, uh, the Lions Club, you know, Rotary Clubs uh, when I was on active duty and uh, deployed in other states and uh, other countries. And I look forward to it. Uh, matter of fact, I'm going to be at an event tonight at uh, – at uh, 5.30 at the Limo Park uh, Recreation Center in uh, Brookhaven, um, where we're going to honor Dr. King and uh, just come together on one accord. But, you know, it's a chance to look at, uh, you know, where we've come and look at those young people that are the future and uh, just, you know, love on them and give them words of encouragement to prepare them for the next great fight. And what you just said wasn't black or white or yellow or green. Mm-hmm. Just, it's everybody. Absolutely. We all share the same planet, or mm-hmm. at least I think we do. We do. Uh, and it goes around just as much for you as it does for me. Absolutely. And in some cases, probably more. I, I, have hard, <laughs> I have to strap myself in bed some nights. But, um, you know, it just this is we just have to talk, and we just have to realize there are bad influences in this world Mm -hmm. that are trying to uh you know folks we're real close to in my opinion uh 20th century cold war and there are things i don't know if i want to say underground or there are things that are Mm -hmm. um that are indoctrinating our kids indoctrinating our old folks indoctrinating everybody and we have to be aware of it Mm -hmm. and just please pay attention. It's like driving. You can't drive with your eyes mm-hmm. closed. You got to go through this life driving with your eyes open. Mm-hmm. And if you see something, tell somebody. If you can't tell anybody else, I'll I'll give you Richard's home telephone number in just a minute. No, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm teasing. Poor Richard. I'll be standing by. Is this is this is this part of Poor Richard's Almanac or something? You know yeah. that you have to put up with somebody this like me. This might be the new generation of uh, Poor Richard's Almanac. <laughs> Absolutely. But if you ever want a great speaker and a great person, and uh, I haven't seen it, but. I don't think he eats too much, so you know you can you can afford him, and uh, and it would be a great night for you, or a great afternoon for you. I can assure you that, Richard. As always, thank you for being here today. Absolutely, and, uh, the part you've played in, and people's got to understand, everybody is a part of it. You know, it's, mm-hmm. we're all. We're all a grain of sand in the desert, I guess. Absolutely. But got to get in that it. boat and row together. Yep. And uh, thank you for being here. And uh, I can't wait until next week. Absolutely. I love this show. This, this I just enjoy. This is my favorite favorite day. So, with that being said, folks, we'll see you next week on America's Web Radio. And be sure if you got a comment, don't hesitate. You're not going to insult me or hurt my feelings. Um, by sending it in and if you want richard we'll figure out a way to get him to do something and uh, a speech uh, whatever and uh, we just want to hear from you you can send it to david at americaswebradio.com or i can't remember how brett set it up i think it's general dicks at americaswebradio.com yep, I think so. that comes direct to you mm-hmm. But anyway, let us hear from you. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Lord willing, and the creeks don't rise. And God bless America. Up in the morning, before day, I don't like it. No way. Eat my breakfast too soon. Hungry as a hound dog. 
by noon. Went to the mess sergeant on my knees. Mess sergeant, mess sergeant, feed me please. Mess sergeant replied with a big old grin. If you want to be airborne, you got to be thin. Hey, hey, all the way. All the way. We'll be back next week. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.